Aegis. Gallons. This is Oh So Scary. Hey, y'all. You're listening to Oh So Scary Podcast with Jess and Lens. I'm Jess. And I'm Lens. <laughs> <laughs> I want to start off by thanking you guys for listening and being patient as we learn how to get through this podcasting thing. We're just figuring everything out as we go. Yeah. And I don't know if y'all noticed, but I'm going to tell on myself, even if y'all didn't, but I probably did, but I really messed up the editing for last episode on my part. (laughs) So I might have too. (laughs) Completely dropped the ball on one whole section where it's the section that's like right after I tell y'all about the killing fields and all of a sudden it's like me finishing the killing fields and then me and Lindsay laughing and then like you know me telling the sources I should have cut the laughing out because I mean it's completely different days we're not laughing at the killing fields this is so horrible but I don't know you know actually I do know how I was having trouble with like uploading recordings and I was trying to upload and edit and then I just moved my whole attention to the uploading issue I was having and I never circled back to my editing (laughs) and just completely left that part untouched and so it sounds like we're laughing at the story which isn't what we're doing and then at the end you can hear Lindsay like saying Oh, should I stop here or something like that? Oh, do I oh, stop recording? Yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness. But that was actually my bad. That was my responsibility. I dropped the ball. And, you know, I actually, I messed up more than just that. I also probably over-edited the beginning of my story. <laughs> <laughs> you over-edited and under-edited. No, yeah. no but, I'm, I think it's hard. The editing is hard than I thought I mean it's easy in some ways but then yeah I found like listening back I was like whoa it's there's yet to be a little more savvy um how yeah. Yeah, you cut things so there was things I had cut before in previous episodes I was like oh that's awkward <laughs> <laughs> but yeah uh, we just want to thank y'all for sticking with us yeah but, you know we're learning I think we're we'll get better I mean I super dropped the ball on that but (laughs) (laughs) we'll be be getting better (laughs) I mean I don't know if you mind saying but you had just like gotten your vaccine too so that's true I I wasn't feeling good but I didn't want to like put it off either because then I didn't want to be like overwhelmed like the night before trying to edit and (laughs) Lesson learned. (laughs) Lesson learned. (laughs) Lesson super learned. This is a total um, DIY, you know, operation. Yeah, we've we're doing it all. Done nothing of the sort before. Period. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think you're doing a great job. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you, Lindsay. So I'm excited though to intro today's episode we usually go to spooky places and tell you about them but this episode we're gonna flip the script yeah (laughs) and we have a very special haunted experiences episode 
this week we're going to read real life ghost stories submitted by our real life friends. Yeah, we have friends. <laughs> we have real friends. <laughs> It's probably the only people listening so far. <laughs> <Exactly>. Hey, y'all. <laughs> Friends. Love yeah, you guys. So, I mean, we've been asking y'all for these stories, and now we're, we're getting them. We're so excited. But we did want to, I guess, not ground rules, but kind of, I guess, just um, guidelines. <laughs> so really, I guess not guidelines either, just direction. If you're interested in us sharing your story, just type it and send it to oh so scary podcast at gmail.com and if you'd like for it to appear in the episode we're really only accepting um typed email version of stories and it's mostly because we don't have a lot of storage and or budget to buy more storage or to keep that having to buy storage yeah. so we're you know we can only really do the typewritten and um you know so please send us typewritten stories and then if you'd like for us to mention your name make sure to let us know or just sign it the way you'd like for us to mention you when we share your story and then we really prefer if it's a first person story if it's really your own experience but if it's something that like your mom or someone close to you that like you know that they're not just pulling your leg or something or maybe if it's really funny because <laughs> they are pulling your leg so hard <laughs> we'd like to hear it, but we really want you to be in close proximity to the story somehow yeah I'm excited to hear more yeah we got some really good ones. Yeah, we're getting the ball rolling. Our very first story is from Cameron in Dallas. And here's what she says. There was known to be a ghost in my college sorority house named Debbie. Legend has it that she died on her way to a date party and haunted the house ever since. She was especially known for being encountered on the th third floor which is where I lived my junior year. One day I was in the bathroom on the third floor when it happened. Picture a smaller community bathroom, four stalls and three showers along a corridor. I was in one of the stalls and heard footsteps pass, walk past <laughs> the end of the corridor where there's no exit. I stepped down into the corridor shortly after to find one or no one to be found. Safe to say, I wasn't a fan of going into the bathroom alone and understood why older members always asked me to go with them when they went up to the third floor bathroom. <laughs> and so many people living in the house have similar encounters with her throughout the house. Debbie is a common name to be thrown around when weird things happen with my sorority sisters. Oh, how weird! <laughs> so interesting isn't that interesting She's so bathroom yeah the bathroom thing it's so creepy <laughs> like late at night yeah <laughs> on the third floor because you can probably hear like the creaking on the you know whatever's above and just uh Debbie yeah <laughs> like she would say your name <laughs> I'm Debbie, <laughs> I'm Debbie. Is she, but she's a sorority sister, so maybe it's not. 
<laughs> he was a bit old. Hmm. Yeah. So what Cameron had actually told me this story before. And I was like, when she said date party, and I thought that was just the coolest thing. They would, I guess a long time ago, they would have parties and like, so people would all go in a group and people wouldn't feel uncomfortable. Oh, that is cool. Oh, I see. That's I mean, it's, it's not so cool that she died on her way to one, but it's cool, right? Like yeah. just not feel the pressure of being alone. And then you have your friends there and it kind of takes the pressure off of just you guys having the conversation and that's so nice oh i like that we should do more date parties we should do covid parties covid breaks (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) i love it well thank you cameron that was awesome and um cameron did go to the university of oklahoma by the way (laughs) oh yeah so (laughs) yeah a named sorority house with a ghost named debbie who else has an experience with her <laughs> let Ooh. us know <laughs> yeah did you go to OU or whatever yeah yeah oh yes so we also got a story emailed to us from Gerardo in Dallas let me read so Gerardo says Plainview is home to Wayland Baptist University the oldest school on the plains standing strong for 114 years so Gerardo, Ooh. I'm cutting out. Gerardo's very proud of Wayland Baptist. <laughs> <laughs> okay. okay. Cutting back in. Okay, so this story takes us to the main building on the main campus in Plainview. The main building with the white pillars is the administration building or Gates Hall. So back when it was an education building, the top floor used to be where they studied music. Now it's where you'll find the ghost of Gates Hall. <laughs> so since the 1960s there's been the story of a woman who studied four years for a degree in music but failed her final recital then climbed the four flights of stairs to the roof of the building and jumped oh. to her death mm. since then you can hear this woman singing playing doors slamming and when there's no one around someone even claimed to saw her face looking out of a window Yikes. I know. Okay. The year was 2009. I was pledging. This is Gerardo speaking. (laughs) I don't know why I have to like remind everybody. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Gerardo says, the year year was 2009. I was pledging to join the fraternity of the university. Due to the traditions, I can't really say or confirm what we were doing. love that that led us into gate hall one spring night very late in the night as we roamed the top floor ensuring not to get caught we began hearing noises at first it was a few of us hearing a door closing then the sound of a voice caught us all off guard at that point we finished our business and ran straight downstairs and out the building i mm -hmm, i believe it was the woman being lonely and she saw a bunch of cute guys <laughs> no he didn't he said that <laughs> oh man still many yeah, of the funny. pledges of that year claim it was security it wasn't later until we realized dot 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 security was not on call that night 
Ooh. <laughs> oh my gosh, I love it. <laughs> That's good. So, yeah. so cute. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I love it. That's so good. Oh, isn't that funny? I like that. And it's cool like- that more than one person like you know it was a group of them experiencing it oh true i know that's strange yeah all doing their frat thing they can't he can't (laughs) say or confirm that they were doing (laughs) their unknown their mysterious frat thing (laughs) oh it's so good gerardo i love that story it's very interesting and it's yeah um, it's funny very well written (laughs) yeah Exactly. No wonder it took him so long to get it to us. It's <laughs> <laughs> cool. And they were both uh, college stories. Too. Yeah, they're both college stories. I love it. I love it. So, Lindsay, I'm going to tell you a little bit about something that scared me as I was growing up. Ooh, yeah. Lindsay, do you remember if there was something, a character, a person, uh, something, someone that gave you the goose bumpies or just, in, you know, gave you some kind of feeling of fear while you were growing up? Oh, yeah. So I feel like a lot of things did. And, you know, like I read the goosebumps and the, <laughs> what is that? <laughs> the book, uh, Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark. Oh, yeah. Mm, so good. But, um, yeah, I do remember like as a figure, like the uh, Bloody Mary was something me and my friends would always like scare each other with. And we yes. did Bloody you ever Mary do the three, three times. I think you have to uh-huh. be in the mirror and you say her name three times and you invite her into <laughs> to your home, I guess. Is yeah. Did works? you ever do it? Well, that's what I'm trying to think. I'm pretty sure. Well, you know what? <laughs> she never came. I don't know if we did. <laughs> she never came. I was like, oh man, I feel like we did. Yeah, I feel like definitely. But I was a little bit more chicken. I feel like I was probably the one who'd be like, Bloody Mary, Bloody Mary. You know, and then probably chicken. Then you wouldn't say it the third time. <laughs> yeah. Then my friend would be like, oh. I was chicken too. I, we did it um, at school. And I was always the person that, like, I would, I didn't go into the bathroom. But I would hold the door <laughs> when people try to come out, or I would turn off the lights when people were in there doing it. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> but I was too scared to actually even try to do it. That's hilarious. But because I was scared, right? Like, it, there's something about these, you know, people that just, you know, just scare us, you know, mm-hmm. and, and then somehow like we think like oh should I dare to to call on her but I'm gonna tell you about La Llorona so for me and probably mainly um or many Mexican Americans the Llorona was what scared us growing up her story is one of love jealousy murder regret and revenge Mm. La Llorona is widely known throughout Latin America, including Mexico, Central, and South America. And also her story is also widely known in the southern part of the United States, possibly because of, you know, the native Mexican origins or roots. Her legend has a variety of versions with changing details. 
But it all starts with a beautiful woman named Maria. So Maria comes from a humble, you know, family, poor, and she falls in love and marries a rich person, uh, a rich man, a rich ranchero, and they have two children, right? So in most of the versions, it's, it's she's poor, but beautiful, so strikingly that she catches the eye of someone either worldly or just, you know, floated. <laughs> and gets married and they have children and so she then comes some kind of jealousy so in some stories it's because he's cheating on her in some stories the jealousy is actually her children the attention mm. um, of la- or lack thereof that she receives because he's giving to the children so there's some sort of jealousy that pushes Maria into this rage where she then murders her two children by drowning them. But she immediately regrets it. Oh, that's sad. Yeah. So after drowning her children and regretting it, she drowns herself. And then um, when she dies, she's not able to enter in the afterlife she's doomed to walk the earth and search for her children because she can't go without them some reoccurring themes are that um she's wearing a white dress but that she there's nocturnal wailing and the association with water Hmm. so after maria is doomed to spend eternity looking for her children she is heard weeping for her children. And then that's how she earns her name of La Llorona. Mm. It is said that if you hear her crying, you need to run the opposite way. If you hear her cries, they could bring misfortune or even death. Really? Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Many parents yeah, many parents in Latin America use the story to scare their children from staying out too late. Oh, yeah. Or to scare their children into good behavior, mm. right? Yeah. Sometimes specifically to deter children from play- playing near water. Water, yep. Makes sense. So La Llorona, she will kidnap wandering children at night, mistaking them for her own. She begs the heavens for forgiveness and drowns the children that she kidnaps. People who claim to have seen her say that she always appears at night or late in the evening by rivers or lakes, wearing a white gown with a veil. Some believe those who hear the wails of La Llorona, the people who hear her are marked for death or misfortune. Wow. Ooh, no. So either way is bad luck, you know, <laughs> according to this. This is similar to the Gaelic Banshee legend. And hmm. then among her whales, she's also noted to sometimes be crying out, I mis hijos, mm. which translates to, oh, my children mm. um, or, oh, my sons. It is also so that she cries out, donde están mis hijos? which translates to where are my sons so she scrapes the bottom of the rivers and lakes searching for her sons it is said that when her whales sound like they're near you she's actually really far 
but when they sound like they're far, she's actually really close. <laughs> Isn't that so creepy? Tell me about that. It's super creepy. Yes. Objects in mirror are closer than they appear. Yeah. <laughs> it gives me the chill. I know. It gives me the goofies. <laughs> me too. What is it about that? Yeah. Stories of weeping female fa- uh, phantoms are commonly in folklore of both Iberian and Amerindian cultures. Scholars have pointed out similarities between La Llorona and then it's, I'm not sure, I'm going to say it wrong, but Siwa Coatly, Coat, Siwa Coatly, I don't know, I'm not okay. sure. but it's a, of Aztec mythology, as well um, as Eve and Lilith of Hebrew mythology. And then the author Ben Radford's investigation into a legend of La Llorona, which was published in Mysterious New Mexico, found common elements of the story in a German folktale dating back to 1486. La Llorona bears a resemblance to the ancient Greek tale of the demigoddess Lamia, in which Hera, Zeus's wife, learned of his affair with Lamia and killed all the children Lamia and Zeus had. Hmm. Out of jealousy over the loss of her own children, Lamia kills other women's children. Oh, wow. Never heard of so, that. So, I, I had heard of that, but I never connected the hmm. two to be you know, similar. Right. Mm. While the roots of La Llorona legend appear appear to be pre-Hispanic, the earliest published reference to the legend is in, 19th, is in the 19th century sonnet by Mexican poet Manuel Capio. The poem makes no reference to infanticide. Rather, La Llorona is identified as the ghost of a woman named Rosalia who was murdered by her husband but that's so scary yeah it's haunting so now what we're gonna do is we're gonna share you a real life experience um by my cousin Kathy and she had this in Mexico and I'm just gonna let you or let her tell you about her experience with La Llorona (laughs) I don't know how much background to give, but our family, Jessica and me, our moms are from Tayawa, which is a little town in Mexico, like totally little farm town. And in Mexico, there's the legend of the Llorona, which is the crying woman. The legend goes that, you know, there's different versions of the story, but generally speaking, what everybody knows is that, you know, she was a woman that was, you know, married to someone, had his kids, and then he scorned her, or, she, you know, she was rejected, and so she went into a deep depression, and she drowned her kids, and then after she drowned them, she had, like, horrible remorse, and so now, mm-hmm. wherever there's a town with a river, she walks along the side of the river, wailing and crying for her kids, and, and people hear her at night, so everybody knows that story, and I think I was in college and um, our cousin Laura was in high school and it was either our spring break or summer vacation and our uncles, my tío Pedro and my tío, Alfa, my tío Alberto, they were going on a road trip to Mexico and for some reason, my tío Alberto was taking Tico, our cousin, uh-huh. 
And for some reason, Laura and I tagged along, which that's kind of funny, right? Like when I, yeah. like, there's Laura and I going on a road trip with our uncles. <laughs> so we, we go to Mexico and, and, you know, maybe it was spring break because might've been around this time when there's all these parties and, okay, yeah. right? And so here's where the, the weird stuff happens. So Laura and I went to a dance, you know, a party, whatever you want to call it, you know, and we were walking home at night by ourselves. She and I were walking home together, going up the main street, you know, to our grandma's house and it was pitch black. So that's one of the first things I noticed that all the lights were off. So, yeah, you're kind of, a, you know, you're like in college, te- you know, or teenager, you're, you're not like hyper aware. You're just like, oh, that's weird, you know, mm-hmm. so together talking. And then I noticed a little old lady on the corner like you know just like you would see like in a movie like she's you know as we say jorobada like she's all hunched over and Mm -hmm. she's dressed in black like a widow and you see her white hair and she's just standing in the corner by herself and in the middle of the night I'm not talking like 10 at night you know and so a lot of are like what's that little lady old lady doing out here yeah everyone goes inside so yeah so then we we keep Mm -hmm. walking and we turn back and I'm I swear to God, this happened because it's so weird, even as I tell it, but I remember it so clearly, like there was a man across, you know, like across the corner of her, like she was on one corner and he was on the other corner and he was big, like, you know, like my Tio Pedro, like big and husky. And he was dressed in all white, hmm. head to toe, like contrasting her. Yeah. And then we were like, what is that guy doing there? Like, you know, white hat, white suit, white boots. And we're like, okay, really strange. So, you know, we're walking home and I, you know, I guess we're just trying to shake it off. Like, whatever, who knows who they are, why they're there. Um, But I do remember just the street being desolate. Like there's not people, you know, it was just me and Laura and like dark, no lights, these two figures that we don't understand why they're there or who they are. And we get home and we decide to watch TV. So I don't remember if we got ready for bed, but we decided to watch TV. So we turn on the TV, we're watching the TV and I start hearing the Yorona. I mean, I heard a woman cry. Oh. And I heard, I'm, you know, you know, our house, you know, our grandma's house, Jessica, is also on a corner. So we're sitting inside watching TV and I, I mean, she's wailing. You know, like wailing like oh, like the way they say and it sounds like she's walking right in front of the house oh my gosh and then the the other eerie thing that happened is that all of a sudden every animal nearby starts howling and like oh. dogs are you know what do they do barking barking cats are meowing it's just this like like a cacophony is yes exactly and then and I'm sitting there terrified because I'm like oh my god it's La Llorona so I'm sitting there going like am I crazy am I imagining this and you know Laura's just sitting there watching tv and I go Laura do you hear that and she goes what like you don't hear anything she goes the woman crying and I'm like "Ah!" (laughs) and she's like she's like what I'm like like run into the bedroom where we're staying and we're like 
hopping under the bed and the blankets are like, oh my God. And she's like, so I guess she didn't know. So that's why to her, I was like, what, the woman crying? But for me, it was like, oh my God, I'm not imagining this. And then the weird part is, so it sounded like she walked in front of the house and she turned the corner and she was walking on the other side of the house. So we could hear her moving across the house and the animals got like louder, like you said, like a cacophony, they got louder, 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 louder. And then they are softer, softer. And then it just went pitch black, quiet again, like no sound. And then we're just over there quivering under the blankets. And, and she's like, what are you talking about? What is this woman? So I was the one who educated her on who the Yorona was right after we heard her. Oh my God. And so she was, I mean, she, she didn't even know to be scared, you know, yeah. and I was sitting there like, I cannot believe this is happening to me. And the thing is like, I'm not a person that I, first of all, I can't even remember other experiences like that. So I'm not someone that goes around all the time, like, oh, I feel an energy or an aura or like, I'm not like that. And especially then when I was like, probably 19, I mean, I was just a dumb kid. I wasn't like, so, I mean, we're just sitting there watching these like rodeos online and on, on the on the TV and we're like, I couldn't believe it. I'm like, I cannot believe what I'm hearing. And for her to be like, you know, the woman, you mean the woman crying? And I'm like, oh, so she, wow. it. Yeah. she hears it too. I'm like, this is, this is really happening. And it was just so bizarre. And after that, like, I think the, the rest of the, the trip, like it was in the middle of the day and we're like walking around. I'm like, I don't want to hear no Yorona. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like we're, we're getting really close to the river I don't like this <laughs> so wow that is eerie yeah that's like yeah. the imagery too of the the old woman and the man in the white yeah yeah that's the other thing like I don't think that it registered to me the little old lady and the guy dressed in white but then when the Yorona happened then it was like piecing it all together like yeah. God, we just walked down this desolate street and we saw that little old lady and we saw that man dressed in white. I mean, he, I mean, he looked like he was wearing a costume, you know, like people don't dress that way, even in yeah. Thaiwa, you know, and like, hmm. yes, you see little old ladies, you know, hunched over, but not in the middle of the night, just standing there by themselves. So True. I was thinking about that, like, oh my God, like the street was desolate. It was pitch black, dark. We saw these two figures. We come home. We're just watching TV, getting, you know, winding down. And then that happens with the woman. And so I'm like, this has just been like the strangest night. And and also, I don't know if you know, Jessica, but supposedly there's all these legends about Tayawa having witches. I have heard that. Yeah. So then so then that was playing into me like, yeah, a little lady was a witch. And who was that man? And, you know, yeah. they connected to this woman that we heard. And the thing that struck me is like, I don't know, like, I guess you could, if you were a woman who wanted to pull a prank on someone, you could do that. But how do you get the animals to, yeah, to all join in and then just, you know, and then it goes back to pitch quiet. That's like, I just couldn't believe it because, you know, whenever I would tell people the story, I'd be like, if it didn't happen to me, I would be like, even Lucas, when I was like, oh, my cousin Jessica, we're going to do zoom meeting because she wants to hear about the time I heard the Yorona and he's like you never heard the Yorona I'm like I've never told you this story and he's like you're lying and I'm like do I look like I lie about stuff like, <laughs> like, I <laughs> huh? 
You're like, I didn't want to hear her either. <laughs> no, I couldn't believe like, I just, even when I think about it, I'm always like, I cannot believe that happened because, you know, maybe someone else was like really into that would like want to hear it, you know, and yeah. Yeah. hear a woman crying, you know, but for us, it was just like, it, she came out of nowhere. Like, where do I get away from this? Yeah, like the projection of her voice and how, like, how mournful and loud she but was. But she was saying, like, mis hijos and... No, she was just crying. Was I, mean, crying. I don't want to... Im- I, mean, I feel weird imitating her, but she was literally, like, wailing, like, oh, you know, wailing and, like, loud. And I mean, yeah, that in, by itself is creepy. Just a woman wailing in the streets. Yeah. Yes. In the middle of the night. And just, I mean, like, how do you coordinate animals to, yeah. to me? It's just like the animals responding to her. Mm-hmm. And as she disappears, the animals just shutting up is like the other bizarre piece. Like what is, what is happening? And I don't know, like after that, we were just in bed, like frozen. I think we even climbed into the same bed because we had a room with two beds and we were like, oh my God, it's like quaking under the sheets, like, (laughs) you know, and then you're like trying to hear any little pin drop, but there's nothing, you know, it's just. Which is like, is this worse that I'm not hearing nothing now? Yeah, yeah, (laughs) yeah, because that's creepy too. But I mean, I mean, I've told that story many times and people are like, yeah, remember that time you heard the Yorona? And I'm like, yeah. And then I've never heard her again. So, I mean, yeah, I don't know. I don't know how to explain that, but it did happen. And wow, it's creepy, but thankfully, you know, Thank you. <laughs> she just showed up and left. So that was Kathy's experience with that Yorona. Wow. I was like really taken aback by the detail she had in that story and the imagery and the like the imagery plus the the soundscapes that she created about what was going on it's very very creepy and sounds it just sounded like she wasn't alone in her fear like Mm, right the animals like whatever hurt her also was like awoke you know oh my gosh so scary so scary but yeah, also just the, um, like she was talking about the old woman in black, there, that figure you can kind of picture, and then the juxtaposition of the the man dressed in white mm-hmm. and all like dressed up. I'm like, I don't know what that means. <laughs> but it's- Yeah, but there's definitely, you think of like good and bad, like, mm-hmm could things have gotten worse if, if the man wasn't there oh, like no. what you know what what does a man mean <laughs> exactly was he some protector yeah like oh. uh, or agitator what did he what was his role exactly uh, yeah oh I blame the woman for being the evil one but <laughs> maybe maybe that man yes <laughs> So I wanted to tell you a little bit about the town. It's actually um, where my mom and Kathy's mom, because they're sisters, you know, mm-hmm. grew up in Mexico. It's called Dayawa Zacatecas. It's a small provincial town in the central uh, Mexican state of Zacatecas. Um, the town has less than 2,193 inhabitants, mm-hmm. and it's a municipal municipality yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> right. of the city of Villanueva. The town was once inhabited by a famous actor-singer, Antonio Aguilar, 
before he built his own ranch, not far from there, but his family actually still spends a lot of time there. And I think his Antonia Aguilar's granddaughter also sings now. Her name is Angela, Angela Aguilar. And she sings this beautiful cover of a song called La Llorona. Oh, beautiful, beautiful, beautiful song. Oh, cool. um, so look, look it up, La Llorona, um, Angela Aguilar. And we just happened to be in town when she was filming the music video for this song. Oh, wow. And we were this close of being <laughs> in the music video. Me, my, oh. me and my sister, my mom. And I say that we probably were in no danger of being in that music video, but there was a part where they opened like the bull area. Mm-hmm. Like, and I don't even know if they used that part in the, I can't remember if they used that part in the video, but um, there was a part where they were welcoming the town to come and be a part of some, some of the filming. And um, it, that was the day that we left. So we hmm. missed out on it. But it's such a beautiful song. And then I did want to talk a little bit about the movie. Watch it is all I'm going to say. <laughs> oh, I've heard it's super good. Like the newest movie. Yeah. New, yeah. The Curse of La Llorona 2019. I like I've it. Heard it's super good. Well, I think it's because we're bringing that fear that we as Hispanics just naturally have towards her. <laughs> so whatever it is, it's going to scare us. <laughs> I need to watch it. Yeah. But I've heard it universally is scary. So. Oh, good. (laughs) 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 But you know, when you see like that fear that you had growing up, that, that boogeyman, and then he's on the screen, you're like, oh, it just brings, brings up all kinds of feelings. (laughs) But that's the story. Got these experience with La Llorona. Wow, she did so good telling this story. Yeah. Good storyteller. We have one last special story for you today. And I wanted to set it up, much as you did with La Llorona. Um, yeah. So let me tell you a little history about the Ouija board. Meow, meow, meow. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, that's very <laughs> ominous. <laughs> okay, so Ouija board. So what experiences do you have <laughs> with the Ouija board, Jessica? Have you ever used one? Have you ever? Literally nothing because I'm so scared of it. <laughs> exactly, yeah. <laughs> and honestly, I think that's from like Catholic background. Yeah. I, I think as a Catholic, we're just, you don't touch that that's evil the devil comes out of it you know like it's there's nothing good so I've I've literally never touched a Ouija board (laughs) well yeah you know it's interesting because I did a little research on the Ouija board and it turns out that pre-1973 ish (laughs) uh it maybe didn't have such an evil association as it does now really and you know what happened in 1973 was The Exorcist, the movie. Oh. And before that time, it actually had a had a more kind of like a, people thought of the Ouija board more as like a spiritualist kind of game, but more kind of like, oh, we're having fun with 
spirits and it's it's a game and it's like a party thing and yeah after the exorcist it became more associated with like i'm summoning the satan himself (laughs) yeah i mean i was wondering why it's so close to monopoly you know like (laughs) (laughs) physically on the show you know it's like oh do you want a monopoly or we do you know exactly (laughs) exactly that happen It's true because the Ouija board is a game by Hasbro, the same company that makes Monopoly, Twister, <laughs> Jenga, Clue, like yeah. you said. Um, so, uh, yeah, basically, you know, in the movie The Exorcist, that the, the little girl, Reagan, she uses a Ouija board to, and she's communicating with the spirit. She calls him Captain Howdy. She's like, oh, my Captain Howdy, you know, said hello or something. I don't know. And then, <laughs> but then it turns out Captain Howdy is Satan himself. <laughs> and then, you know, what happens after that? She's possessed. So, um, but so just a quickie. Um, so, for those of you who don't know, um, a Ouija board is a game board and it consists of like, um, it has a bunch of it has like the alphabet spelled out on it it's got the numbers one through ten on it um the words yes and no are at the top and the word Mm -hmm. goodbye is at the bottom and so two or more players place their hands on a what's called a planchette and the planchette's like a triangular uh, triangular piece of plastic with a window in the middle and then basically you place your hands on it you ask a question and then the planchette feels like it's moving on its own it moves over the letters and spells out the answer. Um, it's uh, supposed to work off of ghost or spirit powers. <laughs> um, and it's been marketed as, you know, magical device. It can answer questions about the past, the present, the future. Um, and even today, there's spiritualists and psychologists who believe it's legitimately links the known and unknown worlds but they disagree on like what that means exactly um whether it's a spiritual realm or a psychological realm that it's tapping into oh um i'll tell a little bit about how it was developed so oh my god there's a dahlia in the- <laughs> there's a black cat that you summoned <laughs> yeah i just i just summoned this evil demon, <laughs> this evil demon. <laughs> yeah so before the Ouija board, there was actually what's called talking boards that were popularized like in the mid 1800s. And that was, it coincided around the civil war when a lot of people were dying. And I didn't realize this, mm. but the civil war, like a million, over a million US citizens and soldiers died. And that was like the largest loss of life, you know, in any wow. war combined in any US war. And super so, catastrophic. Yeah, oh. there's just a lot of people dying. And then a lot of their loved ones wanted some kind of closure. And so mm. spiritualism became very popular. Mediums, um, you know, saying that they could talk to the dead and give you messages from your loved ones. And then spiritualists would use things like talking boards like this as kind of a conduit for, you know, ask a question and then, you know, this planchette or whatever will move across the board and give us the answer wow and even uh they said mary todd lincoln had a seance after her she had a son who died by fever at the age of 11 and she had a seance in her home using i remember reading that oh Uh yeah 
so um yeah so it was actually um used to be like not it used to be fairly widely accepted maybe to do mm -hmm. things like this and it wasn't didn't have like such ominous overtones to it yeah um but finally the canard novelty company they <laughs> kind of you know took ran with this idea and they cashed in <laughs> they cashed in thank you <laughs> exactly on this and they made actual game that they marketed and sold now they there's a funny story about the when they went to get the patent for the game the patent clerk said well you have to prove it works and he said well um apparently the patent clerk hadn't given him his name yet to the people who developed it i forgot their names and um and so he said well if the board can spell out my name correctly then um i'll award it you know i'll grant this patent and then apparently it did it spelled out his name <laughs> of course it I was like this could be very easily debunked if like they might have known his name beforehand like somebody might have said yeah <laughs> name, whatever it's fine it still it spelled out his name and uh -huh. then he was like okay i'm sold like let's let's patent this baby that's so interesting <laughs> i love it and another thing about the ouija board that's kind of fun is that the the name ouija is actually how they came up with that name is apparently the board gave itself that name so they asked a we they made the board that's asked, what is your name and that's what it spelled out is ouija <laughs> oh that's creepy ija yeah uh-huh isn't that weird yeah I mean, that's what they, yeah. Because some people say that it's based off the word we for in French and the word ja in German that means yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> but no, that's apparently not how it, it was developed. So that's enough lead up uh, about the Ouija. We actually have a story from our friend Chet in uh, yeah. his own personal Ouija board experience. So here is Chet himself talking about it. I'm Chet Decker, and this is my ghost story. It was fall of my freshman year in high school, so 1986. And uh, back then, it was actually uh, a status symbol to have a phone in your room, just a regular old wired phone that you could talk on in your room. You know, nobody had cell phones back then. You only saw cell phones in the movie. In fact, the first cell phone I saw was about that time was bolted to the floor of my rich buddy's dad's Jaguar. It was the size of a PlayStation 5 and still had a cord attached to it where you could talk through it. So having a phone in your room was a, was a big deal. And, you know, grew up with a single mom household, not a lot of money. So getting a phone probably wasn't uh, in the cards, but uh, back then Sports Illustrated if you subscribe to their magazine, would send you this plastic phone. And in, in part of your prescription was keep that gift. So I could afford that uh, Sports Illustrated subscription. And, and I didn't really care about Sports Illustrated, but I sure wanted that phone. Uh, maybe the swimsuit issue was a nice perk to get with it. But uh, yeah, I just wanted that phone. So I had this phone probably a year at that point. And uh, we were sitting around in, in school one day, and this girl started talking about a Ouija board. And I'm like, you know, I've never never really seen or played with a Ouija board. 
she's like, well, Hey, you want to, you want to come check it out? And I'm like, well, well, sure. So I'm you know, 15 year old kid get invited over to a girl's house. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to go check out both. So, uh, ended up, um, going over there after school and we sit down around the board and, uh, you know, she's kind of talking about it and just barely touched the plant yet. And we can ask it questions and whatnot. And I don't really remember what we, what we did with it that day, but I, I remembered that, you know, it was kind of weird to feel that planchet move. And you know, I didn't think she was moving it and you just barely touch the thing and it kind of hops along the board. It never flew around like you see in the movies, but, uh, you know, it, it definitely would move. And then, you know, we can get done. I'm getting ready to go home. She goes, Hey, if, if you want to borrow it, you know, just bring it back in a few days. I'm like, Hey, that, that'd be cool. So took it home and, you know, I'm playing with it and, uh, you just, you know, I don't even remember what questions I asked. I do remember asking what, uh, my wife's name was going to be. And I had a high school sweetheart at the time and that little planchet wasn't moving anywhere near the first letter, her name. So I, I stopped and, and didn't follow through on, on that question. But, uh, yeah, I just put the thing down and on the end of my bed, I had a trunk. And so I had the Ouija board laying on the trunk and I, put the sports illustrated phone down so it was just a little handset phone that's all you got didn't even come with a cradle a little mouthpiece stuck out a little bit and when you laid it down on its face that's how you hung up the phone so again this phone had it for a year at this point and all it had was one single tone just a little when it rang it was kind of high pitched but you recognized it when it rang and i'd gone to sleep and it was probably middle of the night definitely after one one thirty in the morning and I just I woke up because I could I could hear something that just wasn't right it kind of just brought me out of my sleep and there was that phone on the Ouija board and it was like and it's super cold in the room and I'm like why is that phone doing that this makes absolutely no sense even thinking about it today still makes the hair stand up on the back of my neck and you know i'm just sitting there trying to figure out why how could this be and it just ain't it ain't supposed to be and it's like and right then my fight and flight mechanism kicked in at the same time I jumped off the bed, kicked that trunk, Ouija board went flying one direction, phone goes flying in another, and I ran into my mom's room, 15-year-old teenage boy climbing in bed with his mommy because he was scared out of his mind. And the next day, I took that Ouija board back, never touched one since, don't even want to be around one, and uh, that phone never did that again, ironically. Never once, not ever, for however much longer I had it after that. But uh, definitely something that was unexplainable. Creeped me the hell out. And uh, maybe learned a lesson there to not mess with certain things you're not supposed to mess with. But uh, that's it. I'm Chet Decker. And that was my ghost story. Thank you, Chet, for that awesomely told story. That was... Yeah. <laughs> He tells that story so well, and then he totally has a podcaster's voice, which I won't tell him to his face. But <laughs> yeah, exactly, it's, it's gonna get too big. But he really was showing us up with that podcaster so, voice. Yeah, he just tells that story so well.
Um, And it creeps me because like, I mean, most of the like, you know, scary stories you hear about the Ouija board is with what the Ouija spelling, but it's not what happens after like all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Not like other, um, right. Like connections to in the environment. Yeah, exactly. Other environmental (laughs) factors. Yeah, exactly. It's a really unique story. Loved it. Yeah. And so, okay. So we looked for pictures of the phone that he talks about and we couldn't find it. So I found a picture of um, the tennis shoe. Some people don't call it tennis shoes. (laughs) Sneakers. Oh, what else do they get called? Um, you know, <laughs> sneaker shoes. I don't know. Um, yeah, I forgot. There's, there's a, there's a. I'm gonna say tennis shoe. That's how we say it here in Texas. Um, but like, so it, it looks like a shoe. It's like a white shoe with like blue accents, and then um, the hang up part is the lever. It's like at the bottom of the shoe. Hmm. So if it's like if you're putting the shoe or your foot on the floor flat, that's how you hang up the phone. <laughs> And you just pick it up but can you imagine the germs because like most of the time that that thing was on the floor like it just occurred to me it's me and I had a tennis shoe tennis phone tennis <laughs> tennis shoe. a tennis shoe phone every time you say tennis shoe I'm just, oh man does it sound so funny <laughs> how do you say it do you say sneakers? I think tennis shoes tennis tennis shoes, tennis shoes. <laughs> tennis. <laughs> no you don't you can't even say it I'm just <laughs> tennis Shoes. Tenny, a tenny. I think it's because in Spanish we just say tenis. Yeah. So we'll we'll post the picture of the one we found. But if anyone um has a picture of their old Sports Illustrated phone that they got with their subscription and would like to share so that we get a better idea of what it looked like, um, let us know and send us in your Ouija stories if you have any. I won't. I won't have any. Yes. <laughs> Because we are Ouija weenies. We neither one of us has used one because we're two wieners. No. <laughs> That's fine. That's okay. So should we go into our sources? Yeah, we should definitely go back. I didn't even say my sources. So I mostly used um Wikipedia for the Yorona. It's Wikipedia and then Yorona. Um and then a website that was tbsnews.net um, and they also have a Yorona story and Wikipedia again for more information about Tayawa Zacatecas. Cool. Very nice. Thanks Wikipedia. I know. Gosh, it's always so helpful. Mm-hmm. Uh, for the Ouija information, I primarily, primarily used a article from smithsonianmag.com called The Strange and Mysterious History of the Ouija Board by Linda Rodriguez McRoby. Mm-hmm. And oh man, I want to plug reading that article is worth the read of the whole thing because there is so much more history to it than what I even began to cover. And also it that in this other article by Vox called How Ouija Boards Work by Aha Romano. Asia Romano. <laughs> Aha Romano. I don't know. Anyway. It may Vox. be Asia. It may be Asia. It may be Asia. Uh-huh. 
so um, that and the Smithsonian article both go into um, psychological phenomena as well that might explain how Ouija boards work. Phenomena. And they both talk about the idiomotor effect, um, which is a, yeah, an interesting unconscious um, psychological mechanism where our unconscious mind works even though our conscious mind has no awareness of it. And I think maybe just knowing even more about that is probably creepy. It is. It's creepy. Yeah. Yeah. Even having a scientific explanation, you're like, what? It doesn't make it any less creepy. (laughs) It is creepy. (laughs) So yeah. Cool. That's the sources. That's all I used. Well, that's our very first, um, you know, listener experiences episode. So good. Thank you guys so much. Oh, we could not have asked for better submissions. I know these are great, great, perfect for our first episode of this kind. (laughs) And we hope that there will be many, many more because I just, I'm dying to hear. Yes. So you guys, thank you for listening. Yes. Join us again next week as we visit two spooky places. In the meantime, do something fun with a friend. And always take the opportunity to do something kind. Bye. Bye.